Welcome to the Brand Design Masters podcast, the show dedicated to helping you build the skills you need to design bulletproof brands for yourself, your business, and for the clients and customers you serve. And now, here's Philip. Hi, everybody. This is Philip Van Dusen, and welcome back to the Brand Design Masters podcast. Today, I'm very lucky to have Oliver Duffy Lee here with me. Oliver started life as a copywriter before taking um, to the sales side of agency life. And after five years as an account director, working with clients such as Volvo and Porsche in countries such as Japan, Brazil, and Sweden, Ollie made a change. Now, Oliver is an agency owner business coach and runs a program called Launchpad, which has one aim, to help startup agencies reach 20K in monthly recurring revenue. And so with that, I welcome Oliver. Hey, Philip. How you doing? Great to be here. Great to talk to you. Where, where are you coming to us from? <laughs> I'm in a place called Leicester in uh, the UK, which is just about an hour and a half north of London. Um, Leicester made famous by the very random winning of the Premier League about three or four years ago. Not sure if you heard about that stateside. I did not. I am not a sports <laughs> guy. So uh, you missed me on that one. <laughs> yeah. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your business and maybe a little personal tidbit to help us get to know you better? Yeah. So um, I guess the best way to describe what we do is, uh, and I say we, we, we've got a little team. Really, it's uh, me front end and the team back end. But um, what we do is we help agency owners and we help startup agencies. Um, and really what we saw in the last, we spent about 12 months or six months getting our proposition right and working out where can we really help agencies? Where's the real um, pain point? And the way I see it, there's two, actually. <clears throat> um, and actually, I'd be really interested in what you think about this. I think there's two. The first one is uh, starting. So getting, from, getting off the ground and getting between anywhere from under 10 to 20K a month in recurring revenue, I think that's a massive pain point. Uh, the second one we saw was actually once you hit 20Ks, how do you scale to 50 to 100? And when, it, when we looked at the challenge, it's like, what are we best placed to solve? Is it the startup pain point or is it the second one? And it looked clearly to me like it was the startup one, especially with my background in agency sales, uh, business development, you know, client communications and delivery, um, that just felt a lot easier and a lot um, simpler to get into. And so that's what we do. We help fix that really simple problem of when an agency starts and they just, frankly, they want to sell everything to everyone and they can't get any traction. We help them get real focused, uh, know exactly what they're targeting, what their proposition is, and we help them find those clients to build to 20K, basically. Awesome. So the personal tidbit. What, what lights your fire personally? Interesting. What lights my fire personally? You know what? It's funny. Um, probably now I would say coaching. I, I spent um, about eight years, nine years in, in agency world before. And I always said to people, like anyone that would have known me straight out of uni would have said, yeah, I'm going to be a life coach. That's what I said to everyone. Uh, I can't, I'd be a terrible life coach, by the way. Um, but um, I was like, I'm going to be a life coach. I've got so much stuff to say. And then I just did sales for like nine years. And you kind of forget that a little bit. You kind of forget that part of you. Now I'm doing it again. And what well, I'm doing it actually. And I love it. I think that, I think the coaching, getting results out of people that didn't believe they could do stuff before. For me right now, that's, that's it really. Apart from football. But uh, obviously I'm, I'm from the UK. So you, I got to say that. Yeah, of course. 
So you actually started off as, I mean, I would say from what how you're kind of positioning yourself right now, you're really more of a coach and you came from the account director side on the in the agency world, but you started off as a creative. You started it off as a copywriter. What how long were you in that world and what made you make that transition? Well, here's the thing. You go to university, I don't know if you've seen this before. You go, I'm sure you have. You go to university and you do something like history, right? And everyone's like, great degree, you know, go and learn, go and learn some history. Uh, it's a really great degree. And you come out and you're like, I don't know what I can do with that. What I realized I could do was write. Because what they drill you to do at university when you do a history degree is you're writing essays every month. So I was really good at writing. And more to the point, I was good at writing under pressure. And I was good at mainly because I didn't do my assignments till last minute. But I was good at writing under pressure and I was good at writing fast. Um, and so that took me to a place where an agency needed a copywriter and I filled that role. And, you know, I, I feel very uh, self-conscious with you saying I was on the creative side. I've never, ever felt like I was on the creative side of marketing um, because I soon transitioned from uh, copywriting into sort of account management, client management, and then account directorship. So, and I think weirdly, um, I don't know what your experience, you must, with your experience, you must have seen this, but I've always felt a divide between, uh, and this probably says a lot about the agency I was at, between the sort of account, the client side and the creative side. And on that side of the line, I always felt like I was on the, um, the client side of that line, I think. Tell us about those five years that you spent as an account director working with, you know, the larger clients in the world. That was, that was huge. I mean, like, you know, I didn't have any, um, marketing experience, really. Uh, didn't really have any creative experience, but was pretty good at like presenting, talking to people, getting stuff done. And soon I found myself, because I found a really nice agency where I worked, um, and it was fairly small in size. If you were ambitious and you were like a little bit talented, you got like put into big situations. They called it, I like this phrase, they called it, uh, they like to give people Big Max experience. And so I got a lot of Big Max experience early, which meant I was in rooms with, you know, chief marketing officers at Volvo Trucks, um, <clears throat> going over to Japan and meeting our clients over there. And at first, to be honest, Philip, it was insanely daunting. And uh, if, I'm, if I'm really honest, I was probably massively out of my depth. Um, but you learn fast. One of, one, of the things that, um, one of the things that I was always very conscious of was that I was considered to be too young for where I was. Hmm. And so I think I had to learn really fast how to stand out in a meeting. That was for, for about two, three years. That was the only thing I thought about. How can I be prepared for this meeting so that I go into it and people leave thinking, okay, Ollie knows his stuff. I can trust him with my next thing because I, my game was if I own the client relationship, I own the, where the money's going, which means that I own that piece of the agency. And so I just was, I was all about getting into meetings with people, leaving my mark. And I think that really, that was really good practice for the rest of life, to be honest. <laughs> I think that was an amazing observation actually to make at a young age, because a lot of people don't figure that out for much longer in their careers. And um, so kudos to you for doing that. So how did you own a room? Like at a young age, you're going into a meeting with, you know, the head marketing guy at Volvo Trucks. And so how did you, how did you stand out? Yeah, so this is something I got wrong massively for about a year. I got massively into NLP. I got into all of the 
uh, this is a big lesson here. It was like, I was like, how can I get tricks to own the room? And actually, it was nothing about, and I think this is a massive problem that people have. They look for the medium all the time. How, what's the medium I'm going to use to get my advantage? And actually, what I learned was it was all about the message. And the message I got through prep, I, I did so much preparation for each meeting. So I thought about uh, what's the aim of the meeting? What does this person want to get out of the meeting? What does that person want to get out of the meeting? What questions are we going to be asked? Um, what are they going to not like about this proposal? And I just did loads of prep. Here's, the, here's what I learned, though. When I was trying to learn how to do NLP, when I tried to learn how to mirror people... Wait, you're so going to have to tell me what that acronym means. So uh, neuro-linguistic programming. Basically, okay. like, you know, that stuff that Tony Robbins talks about, like, you know, using weird body language and mirroring people so that you can persuade them and Got stuff. It. And I thought, if I get tricks that way, I'm going to own the room. It's complete nonsense because unless you've got something substantial to say... No one's going to listen to you. I think a lot of people are making this mistake um, when they start businesses as well. They're looking for the medium. So they're like, should I focus on LinkedIn or Instagram? Should I focus on YouTube or TikTok? Uh, should I be doing a funnel or ads? Uh, and it's like, forget all of that. Who are you serving and how are you serving them? Get the message first and then work out the medium. And that's, that's, I think I learned that from, from that stage. It's like, forget all those tricks. Forget the body language. Forget the mirroring. What are you going to say in the meeting when everyone else is scratching their head? And um, yeah, preparation, my friend. That was all I know. That was the only answer to that. Absolutely. I, I had the same experience in the agency world was that we always said that, you know, if you can go in and ask questions about what's keeping them up at night and find out their pain point from the very beginning before you even get into the slide deck, if you don't even, if, if you really start the conversation there and don't even get into the presentation, you've already won the business. Hundred percent. Can I can I just say at this point, what you've just said is gold because I don't think, and I'm so interested in see what you hit you think about this. My view is that when you put a slide in front of someone, a client, especially if you don't have an in already, like if it's warm, you know, and like you know you've got a nice connection there, fine. If it's cold and you get the slides out, I think they're looking at it through the lens of what do I not like about this presentation, and so the less you put in front of them the more you ask and they tell you it's such a better way of doing things. So yeah, I, that completely resonates with me, man. Now, chances are many of you listening might have first come across me via my YouTube channel. Building my presence on YouTube has done more to build my personal brand than any other platform. So I want to share with you the one resource that was critical in growing my channel. It's a YouTube plugin called TubeBuddy. TubeBuddy is a freemium browser extension that you use to manage and optimize your YouTube channel videos. It saves a massive amount of time doing the mundane tasks like adding cards and managing your video descriptions. But it also provides incredible value through its video analytics, showing you data about your competitors' videos that's absolutely invisible without it. It also helps with adding metadata to your videos so they show up better in search. If you want to take your YouTube work to the next level, you have to get TubeBuddy. You can support this podcast by signing up through our affiliate link. Just go to TubeBuddy.com slash Philip Van Dusen. It's easy to remember. Just type in TubeBuddy.com slash Philip Van Dusen to check it out. By adding TubeBuddy to your video workflow, I guarantee you your channel will grow much, much faster. Just go to TubeBuddy.com slash Philip Van Dusen and sign up for TubeBuddy today. 
So when you went from, you know, being an account director and, you know, you learned how to own a room, why did you make that transition to helping other agencies and going out on your own? Because you're still obviously fairly young. So when, you know, a lot of people stay in, you know, if they learn how to operate in the agency world, they kind of stay there on that gravy train, but you made the jump off onto your own. Why did you do that? Yeah. Before I answer that, I would say you may think I look young, but probably if I took my hat off, you think I look a bit older. <laughs> I think it looks like we, we have I the same I just never wear the hat. I keep the bald <laughs> thing happening visibly all the time. Um, but thank you for that. Um, I'm very impatient. And I think if I'd stayed uh, at the agency, basically, I wanted a piece of the pie, right? I was a top earner. Um, and, you know, I wanted a piece of the action. And we'd had conversations about it. it they, sounded, they sounded pretty promising, but time went by and it just became obvious it was Oh, never... you wanted equity and they weren't yeah. giving you equity. Right? Yeah, exactly, okay. exactly. Um, and so I thought, yeah, you know, let's do, let's do that. Let's do my thing. Let's prove everyone that I can do an agency, uh, do it my way. And it was going to be, still might be in the future, um, personal branding for executives. I think that's the, that's the space that I really think is a missed opportunity right now. People talking about B2B marketing all the time. Forget that uh, C-suite personal branding. That's the best way. Don't, don't worry about branding through, uh, through your brand. So anyway, that was what it was going to be. But uh, this is, think about you know, this time last year. Um, it was seeming like things were looking a bit strange. No one thought things would go like as crazy as they have gone. So I can't say I had that much foresight, I must admit. But I was already um, mentoring a couple of agencies on new business. Um, and I kind of was like, maybe I just do that. Maybe I just do new business for other agencies. Like I'm good at selling, whatever else. So that's what I started. That's what the business started as. Uh, I was like a done-for-you business development consultant. And um, to cut a long story short, it became very, very quickly apparent that I didn't enjoy doing that. Mm. Um, because it, all of the stuff that I didn't I, like about the client stuff, like the putting proposals in front of the people and it not really working out or whatever else, all of that baggage that came with your business, I didn't like, but I did like teaching a system of how to do it. And so I started doing one-to-one stuff uh, with other, like a few agency owners, then realized that was crazy because it's so time-consuming. Uh, and well, that's it's when, hard, you can't scale. You know, you, you cannot scale, man. And like, uh, I also found this, and this is really, this is, I'm sure you'll be something you've been encountering, right? But I found that when I was one-to-one training, the results were worse because people thought I was doing it for them. Because when we turned up, I was training them, but because it was so bespoke and one-to-one, it felt like, okay, well, I don't have to do that much, but Ollie's there. Mm-hmm. And so as soon as I changed the group and membership, I feel like the guys, uh, the uh, people that are in my membership now, they take so much more ownership. And maybe that's because, you know, the way I'm presenting things is different now. Who knows? Um, but I didn't like that sort of like relying on me to do the stuff thing. So then membership and, and apart from anything else, of course, like you say, much more scalable as well. So talk a little bit about that. So you've now started this program to, to be able to scale and it's called Launchpad. What is that? What is that? aspect of your business look like? How does that work? Launchpad is a membership group. I think you could call it a mastermind. I don't really know what the difference between like membership coaching group, one-to-many coaching or mastermind is specifically. Um, But we have a mission. Well, our mission is to get people to 20K. 
that's we don't have we haven't put a number on how many agencies we want to do, but we want to take loads of agencies from sub 10 and take them to 20k. That's that's our mission. But the way we do that, I'm committed to making us, I would say, market leading in terms of personal service. So, which may be contradictory to what I just said, by the way, but bear <laughs> with me. So, um, what I noticed, because I'm in, I'm a member of plenty of, um, well, I have been plenty of coaching groups, and I'm a member of one now. And some work and some don't. The ones that work, I thought, were the ones that really um, were able to develop their stuff in uniquely to my business. So they could really allow me to see how all of this system works in context of my business. And what I learned, I know about agency owners is there's one big variable, which will be the difference between how an agency can get success. And it's nothing to do with the market or the niche or the system. It's the agency owner themselves. Because an agency is such, uh, it's probably the same with all small business, but I feel with agency owners, it's such a unique uh, business to them. The way they do the work is completely different depending on their personality and what they want. That there's no one system which is going to help, like, uh, I don't know, Bob from over the road with his PPC agency do get the same results as Sophie, who's got a Facebook ad agency. Like, they're completely different people with completely different personalities and, and things work differently for them. So we want to be bespoke, one, because it's a point of difference, but two, because um, I think that gets the best results. And so because of that, what I have now is lots of big decisions on how we structure the training, uh, how we bring in trainers who can deliver the same service that I can. And probably the answer to that is, is people is members who want to transition from being a member to a trainer, which I'm talking to a few people on. Um, and that's it, really. Uh, it's an ex- Philip, it's such an exciting time for Launchpad. For me, it's so exciting because uh, it's the first like agency, uh, sorry, coaching program I've ever really built. Um, and it's growing really fast. Um, so all of these problems that I'm having are kind of like really exciting at the same time because it's like it's another challenge to overcome, you know? I run, as, as we spoke about before we hit record, um, paid mastermind groups. And I also do individual executive coaching. And the difference that I try to communicate between business consulting and coaching is that coaching is I help you see what you need to do in order to fix it. And consulting is I help you fix it. And the the uh, masterminds are much the same way. You're, what you're doing is pulling together a, a group of people who have similar problems, similar goals, yeah. and want the similar kind of accountability. But they're bringing a strength to the table that they can use to help the others in the group. So I see myself more as a ringmaster and you know, kind of yeah. like a, a cat herder to an extent yeah. um, to help people get the most out of the group as possible and not so much a teacher in a context like that. Because I do do courses and I do act like a teacher, but in a mastermind group, it's really more like you're just trying to find the power of the the relationship within the members of the group. But mm. I thought one of the things that you were just talking about I want to return to, which I thought was really important, which is that balance between IQ processes and, you know, systems, and then the EQ um you know, the emotional intelligence, the personality, the uh, communication skills, that 
uh, intersection, that Venn diagram overlap is so important, as you said, when it comes to small agencies, because the managing director or the head creative or whatever are the people who really develop and own and and drive that, that magnetism of the relationship between the client and the agency. How do you split out that, um, that kind of focus within your launchpad? Do you address both process and systems and, you know, EQ personality? And, and if so, how do you uh, address each of those things? Such a great question. You know, I, um, have you read the book, uh, The 5am Club? No. Okay, book by Robin Sharma about wake up at 5am every day. Anyway, it's got loads of coaching models in it. The first coaching model in it really resonates with me. And if you can imagine uh, three circles lined up, the first circle is uh, better awareness. And then the next circle along is better choices. So you have better awareness, therefore you make better choices. And because of the better choices, you get better results, right? So better awareness leads to better choices, leads to better results. Now, my job, I say to everyone that walks into Launchpad, is I'm giving them a better awareness of what's available to them. They make the choices and they then forget the results, okay? So that's the first first frame I would put around that question is, what we're doing is really increasing awareness as to what's possible, what we know that works, and uh, yeah, how you get to where you want to go. And obviously, that starts with where do you want to go as well, by the way, but that's another question. Um, so then it's up to them to make the choices. I think, I think the biggest uh, factor when we're talking about startup agencies from naught to 10K, so what's the biggest factor which is going to dictate whether an agency successfully gets from naught k to 10K a month? It's the amount of action they take. It's not the strategy. It's not the tactics. It's literally the amount of action they take each day. And therefore, my job then is to look at each of these people, uh, give them the framework, give them the awareness, and suggest, based on what I think will work for them, the actions they should take each day. Does that answer that question? Yeah, it totally does. I Well, I mean, I think that it gave a little short shrift to the emotional personality communication skills part of it. So the, the the people part of it, how do you dial that in? The people part? What do you mean? Well, I mean, in terms of helping people develop the force of personality, communication skills, that, that, that piece that's going to actually cement those relationships. <laughs> okay. That's a great point. So um, I'd say if there's a weak, if there's a weak spot, it's that in Launchpad at the moment. So it's, which is really funny because, um, I was obsessed for about three years with leadership, uh, with personal development, with mindset, with all this stuff. And what I learned from that was that um, really I, I'm pretty good at dealing with it myself and terrible at teaching it to others. Because frankly, I just my, my attitude with this stuff is just, you know, shut up and get on with it. Like if you don't, don't moan about anything, just shut up, stop complaining and get on with it. That's a terrible coaching method because... <laughs> It doesn't work for most people, right? Most people need a bit of a process around it. So the answer to your question is I bring in experts. So um, we have, in the next four weeks, we've got, we have, we have coaching every Tuesday nights, right? And so I use those Tuesday night sessions to bring in people who, can, who know better stuff about, more stuff about things that are important. Mindset, getting into flow state, um, getting into that, you know, a place where you're really productive, that stuff. I bring in um, people to help and we've got some great people coming in that are going to help us. And you know what's amazing is I learn, right? Like I bring in these guys for the group, but I learn so much, um, which is awesome. But yeah, the people side, 
uh, I, I bring in I bring in the experts because I ain't no expert in that in that arena. <laughs> well, and I think that that is the challenge when you get to trying to train or develop people around communication skills and mindset and all that sort of stuff. One on one is obviously the the you have to treat the individual essentially like a doctor, yeah. right? But yeah. then there is you know you have your Tony Robbins of the world who can motivate thousands of people at the same time. So the question is, you know, how do you um, how do you bring that the education aspect or the the mentorship aspect of personal development rather than systems knowledge um, to to that kind of a setting? I think you know, circling back to what you were talking about at the very beginning about where you see opportunity being in um, personal brand development for C suite executives. Yeah, I think that you know, I do a lot of kind of work with people at that level, and one of the things that I've discovered a lot is that. There, the level of imposter syndrome in very senior oh, yeah. people is is unbelievable. I mean, I knew I had it, but I thought I was. You know, I'm just a creative, <laughs> you know. But um, but you know, it, it's really amazing how much is there and how much is way is just under the surface. And if you just get in there and someone's open to kind of working on that stuff with you, how much there is that can be done. And I think that that's that's one of the huge opportunities that I'm seeing in the mastermind group that work that I'm doing. One of the things that when I ask for feedback of people coming out of my 12 week guild program is what did they, what, what is the one thing they're going to take away more than anything else from this experience? And the number one comment is always confidence. And when I was selling it, confidence was not in the sales brochure, right? That's not what I thought I was bringing to people, but that's actually what they get out of that mastermind experience is this level of confidence, which is an EQ thing. It's a soft skill. So that's what I thought was really fascinating about it. Can I ask a question then? So have you, are you changing your sales brochure to include confidence or do you see that as an unexpected benefit? Like are people going into it wanting it? I'm totally changing. I, I within the first right after the first two guilds, I started dialing that into communication and the benefits of it. Interesting. And and people, it's it's bearing itself out. It's consistently happening. This episode of the Brand Design Masters podcast is sponsored by Bring Your Own Laptop. Byol.me is a top tier Adobe application video training website featuring Daniel Scott. Daniel's a certified Adobe trainer and keynote speaker at the Adobe Max conference every year. At byol.me forward slash Philip, you can learn everything from the basics to advanced aspects of your favorite Adobe applications, all for one low monthly subscription fee. Visit byol.me forward slash Philip, P-H-I-L-I-P. Again, that's byol.me forward slash Philip. I just know you're going to be amazed at Bring Your Own Laptops courses. So let's talk about how you are marketing your own business. How, you know, you went off on your own. You did Launchpad. How did you go to market? What, where did you show up? What was your platform? How did you get the word out? One of the things that I think uh, is one of the secrets to our success and how we get results is we teach agency owners how to be more like a consultant, i.e. a coach, Right. And I think agency owners, I would say there's, there's two mindsets. There's agency owner mindset, classic agency owner mindsets. I want to sell some stuff. I want to sell some services, man. Like I want to sell some videos and some, and some ads and some design work and some content. And that sounds amazing to anyone except for a client. And clients don't care about videos and they don't care about 
content and they don't care about ads. Some of them do, but those are shopping. They're already shopping. And so they're basing your stuff based on price. So what we teach um, is we teach consultant mindset, which is problem solving. We, we market with the problems we solve, right? So one of my biggest, the biggest proposition we have is we help you get to 20K. We don't, we don't sell, you know, great coaching programs. We don't sell membership. We sell the 20K challenge. So as a strategic level, um, uh, I market through solving people's problems. In terms of how do we go to market, I would say there's three different ways. Um, a simple triangle model, you'd have like organic at the top, paid on the left uh, bottom and then and outreach on the right side of that triangle, right? Organic, we're always, we're always plugging away, but we do organic in a way that, um, and it's, it's quite nice timing because we're just about to do an organic sort of masterclass uh, for the group, the Launchpad group soon. But we do it in a way that I think a lot of people are very restricted in the way they do organic marketing. First of all, they're restricted to their profiles. So their LinkedIn profile, their Instagram profile, problem with that is your network might be terrible or it might be very small uh, and it might have all the wrong people in it so um, you've got to go and fish in the right ponds so you know the right facebook groups the right linkedin groups um, you know the right networking events like wherever it is just make sure you're fishing where people are um, that's really important and also with organic do a lot of do a, not a lot but do a bit of asking as well don't just post and hope like it's got to be there's got to be a bit of asking as well. Like a great example of an ask would be instead of posting a video saying, this is how you do this, say something like, put a post out like, I just made a video which helps uh, with the three things you need to focus on to get to 10K as an agency. Let me know if you want me to send you the link. And then that's just much more dynamic as an organic process. So we try and do organic a bit different. Um, Then outreach. Outreach is big for us. So outreach, I think, is, is a really untapped opportunity for... Um, agencies. And by the way, when I say outreach, I don't mean spam. So I don't mean scraping emails and sending like uh, the same email to tens of thousands of people. I don't mean um, auto spamming on LinkedIn to loads and loads of people with just really generic uh, messages. I mean like personalized outreach to really highly targeted people. Um, That for us is really big right now, probably where we get most of our work from. And then paid as well. So we run a few funnels. We, we, gen, we generally have um, a top of funnel going to sort of just build our audience. We have a middle of funnel generally running to an auto webinar. And then for all of our warm traffic, we're running funnel to uh, basically just to training and then to call with me, really. So it's a mix of those three things. So where are you doing your paid? Are you Facebook or where is it? Facebook. LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook? Facebook only. Well, Facebook, Instagram. But uh, only those. I tr- I've tried LinkedIn a little bit. Frankly, not had any luck, but that's because I was trying it myself and probably needed to bring in an expert to do it for me. Um, so I'm thinking about trying that again or pivoting to that again, mainly because LinkedIn's my main source of new business. Um, but yeah, Facebook's always good. I thought that, that what you were talking about in terms of content and using content in a different way, essentially you were talking about using content as a lead magnet or content as a conversation starter rather than just putting it up there for free, hoping people like it, comment, right? So you're basically using it as a teaser. Here's the analogy. It's like, um, imagine I invited you over to my house and uh, you came over and I was like, look, Philip, great to see you, man. Uh, I just got to finish off some work, 10 minutes of work. There's the kitchen, there's the fridge, there's the cooker, there's the fryer. Um, hey, help yourself, knock, knock yourself out. There's loads of food in there. Make yourself a meal. I'll come back out in 10 minutes. No chance you're going to do that. 
absolutely no chance, right? I mean, it'd be, it'd be crazy for you to start digging into the fridge. I mean, you might do, I don't know, but I doubt it. Whereas if I said, to, if you came over and I was like, Philip, come on in. Uh, listen, man, I've got 10 minutes of work to do. I'm just going to go to the office, but look, here's some cookies I made for you. And there's some sandwiches over there. And they're all laid out on the, on the front, on the top. Help yourself. There's some beers there as well in the bucket. Just help yourself. There's a bottle opener. It would almost be rude for you not to take a cookie, right? It would almost be rude for you not to, like if you were still sitting there and you hadn't taken something, it'd be a bit weird. So that's, that's the, I don't know if that makes sense, but that for me is how I look at organic. You've got to pre-bake your stuff into the nice cookies, sandwiches, cold beers for your audience to want to take. Um, because just like putting out your stuff alone and without them, without signposting what you do and everything like that, it's not, doesn't work as well. I don't think. So what kind of, you know, it sounds like you're doing well and congratulations for that. I know that on the outside, when people see things going well, they're like, oh man, it must've been a breeze for them. Why am I having such a hard time? <laughs> and so what I want to do is look under the hood and see what's rattling. What, what, what are some of the challenges that you had to overcome to get Launchpad working or to even maybe make the transition from being an account director into doing your own thing? Where have you struggled? Uh, massive. So to be a bit of backstory before this launch to, to uh, being a coach, uh, I probably launched like two or three side businesses and all of them failed. And when I say failed, like they didn't even register on the scale. Like you, no one knew they existed. They just blew up. I put a ton of money into them and they failed, right? So the biggest challenge that um, I had was not knowing who I wanted to serve and what I wanted to sell them. And this is exactly the problem. Remember I told, I said at the start, like people are focusing on the medium, not the message. It was exactly what I was doing. I was like, I know I'm going to follow Russell Brunson's marketing system. I'm going to follow this guy's marketing system. And I was thinking about how I was going to market the stuff and I had nothing to sell. So the first challenge I had really was not really knowing who to, what business I was going to do, who I was going to serve mm. and uh, what I was, how I was going to help. And then it just became down to in the end, I was like, okay, well, you've spent 10 years in an agency and you know how to sell stuff. I reckon there's agency owners that don't know how to sell stuff. So let's just do that. And that became, that was the thing. So the first challenge was that. The second challenge, 100% was um, not knowing how to build a coaching program. I'm not sure if you struggled with that when you set up your masterminds and stuff like that, but I had no idea uh, how to set up a coaching program, what even people wanted. I still don't know if I know it all, to be honest. I just learned from coaches I work with. Um, so there was that. And then I think like until you start, you know, it's very comfortable when you've got a nice salary, right? Super comfy. And like, I was fortunate enough, I could remortgage to launch this business. But until you're like, you're okay, and you're breaking even and stuff like that, and stuff looks like it's going in the right direction, the big, if, the big problem is holding your nerve. Like, how long can I really look down, you know, a three or four month roadmap where I need to turn stuff around? It's great. It's easy. If you say, yeah, I got 12 months, no problem. When that starts getting to like three or four and you're like, oh my God, what do I do now? I think that holding my nerve and like, I'm so, so grateful that I have. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, I don't know. I think one of the, one of the luckiest things um, about, I don't know how I was, if that was how I was taught or, grow, or brought up, but I, was lear I learned to work fast. And I think working really fast got me out of that, that problem, you know, because in like one or two days, stuff could go from like, looking really bad to looking, actually, no, this could work. In that scenario, when you're working fast, what are you doing fast? What's your activity? 
okay, so like, for example, I could go from on Monday, it's like, I don't know how to build a coaching program. I don't know what Launchpad's going to be like. And then by Thursday, not only do I know what it's looking like, but V1 is, is created. It's there. It's done. Right? So like stuff, I wouldn't, it's not maybe not like doing the stuff fast, but like I would just wouldn't think too much, make decisions fast and be prepared to create something which I know in three months time, I'm going to think that is terrible, but it got me to that next step. So I think maybe it's, maybe it's not about working so fast, but making really fast decisions and not questioning them. Mm. How about, you know, we've all had mentors or people who've inspired us. Have you had mentors in your journey? Definitely. Uh, one of the, the biggest mentor I've got and still, I'm still fortunate to work with, um, a guy called Patrick, he was the guy who hired me in the agency in the first place. And what he taught me was the beauty of um, being able to sell things on a B2B scale, like a really big uh, project. And just without like trying to sell all the time, like the, the patience around creating a deal, opening opportunities and landing them over a long period of time. Like B2B, as I'm sure you know, a deal can be about six months in the making. That's why I'm not massively, when I say B2B, I mean corporate, right? That's what I mean, like big scale, international corporate. Uh, that's why I don't really like that area anymore. But like a really big deal could take six months or so. And um, that process I, he taught me, he also taught me like comm strategy and, and learning and things like that and uh, writing and things like that, which uh, is a great skill. Um, and now uh, I'm learning everything from a coach called Taki Moore. Not sure if you've heard of Taki. Uh, he's sort of like, he's sort of like a little bit internet famous in the coach circuit. But yeah, without him this year or last year, it makes me like feel a little bit weird thinking where I'd be without him because, um, yeah, he changed everything for me. So those two I would mention. So how do you stay inspired? How do you continue to grow? You know, it's, it's funny. I think that is um, a challenge I have right now mm. because, because I'm a young uh, entrepreneur, not in terms of age, but I mean, like I've only been an entrepreneur for about a year. I'm obsessed now with the cycle of growing. Yeah. So I'm obsessed with like, okay, we keep growing, keep feeding Launchpad, keep growing it, keep feeding it. Um, that means feeding it with content, but also feeding it with uh, members, right? And I think one of the areas that is suffering is with something I used to be really good at, which is like feasting, right? So like it used to be like, how do you, like I need to intellectually feast on stuff. Uh, and um, I learned this term from a guy, uh, a public speaker over in the UK who's great. He used to talk about feast weekends. So he would just shut everything off for a weekend and he, all he would do is feast on stuff, read books, podcasts, TED Talks, whatever. Uh, and I think that, if I'm honest, um, yeah, my feasting input has really suffered in the last, say, three or four months. Like, if I correlate, like, progress with the amount of feasting, it's, like, it's completely correlating and I just haven't been able to. But that's on me, right? That's, like, uh, that's a discipline thing. And I think, frankly, that's something I'm struggling with at the moment. Any tips, by the way, on, like, how to carve time out for that? It is a challenge. And, you know, I know that my podcast audience and anyone listening to this has probably heard me tell this story a million times. But um, when you're doing anything, I think business or creative, input is equal to output or output is equal input. I mean, if you don't have that input, if you don't 
you know, take in um, inspiration, you will eventually milk yourself dry, essentially. And so either you notice yourself starting to come up dry and go, oh boy, I better start, you know, feeding the inspiration engine a little bit, or you eventually realize that you've just got to carve out time for it. And I, I struggle with the same thing, to be honest with you. I think when you're building a business, and you're in that build cycle where you're really, you know, you're starting new products, new services, you're building new things. Um, some of your inspiration comes from your successes and challenges in the building process because you're looking to solve that particular issue or thing that you're building at that moment. And you'll you'll sometimes glean inspiration from someplace that you weren't even expecting it in order to keep your energy. But it's a challenge, I tell you. I think any entrepreneur, it's you know, really struggles with that. I, th- I think it's compounded right now as well. I don't know what it's like uh, where you are, but obviously where we are like- Oh my God, it's horrific where nothing we are. Going on, like, yeah, <laughs> really? Well, I mean, America's, you know, uh, our uh, handling of COVID has not been ideal. <laughs> I'll put it that way, you know? Um, we're probably one of the, acting like a very undeveloped country at the moment. Yeah, so I think that restricts it. I mean, like, you know, it would be great to just go to a gallery for an afternoon, right? And yeah. that would be nice. Um, and there's only so many walks you can go on, Philip. I know. <laughs> yeah. I have two big shepherds and I walk them multiple times a day. And so that's that's one of my saving graces is just to get out and get some fresh air and, you know, pick up dog poop. <laughs> 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 Nothing brings you back to earth like picking up dog poop with a plastic bag on your hand. A little too much information. So tell us a little bit about your future. What do, what do you have in store for yourself? Growth. Just keep, just keep growing. Like I, I don't think I've ever been as focused on one thing in my life. And that's not completely fair because I also do, uh, I'm the marketing director of another agency and we do some amazing stuff there as well uh, with a really great friend of mine. So I'm very focused on that as well. But really um, in both of those ventures, it's, uh, it's growth. It's focus on one thing. It's keep doing that one thing really, really well and growing and growing and growing. Uh, and I would say um, on top of that, the reason why we did this. The reason why this this sort of business was really important for me, uh, my wife's also a coach, is because we want to go and live in other places. Mm. And so growth and going living in warmer places are the two things on the, in the pipeline. Awesome. That sounds great. You have a lead. I, I don't want to jump off until we talk about this one thing. I saw that you have a lead magnet on your site that's that's called Start Selling by Chat today. Tell me a little bit about that. Selling by Chat, something uh, was introduced to me by Taki Moore, the coach I was telling you about. Basically, uh, I think everything, every sales, every good sales process should start in chat is my, is my belief, right? Apart from maybe paid advertising, but still, I still run ads to my messenger account straight because I think chat's such a great way of doing it. Um, and I just think if you look around at the context of where we are today, people are so time poor. People are terrified of picking up the phone. Don't know mm-hmm. why, they just are. But people are happy to be tapping away in DMs all day long. You know, I just see that as a massive opportunity, but you've got to do it right. And a lot of people are trying to do it, uh, but you've got to do it right. So I know I, it's something that I saw. Like, you know, that's a top of funnel activity for me, right? Get it, a nice little lead magnet to get people into my funnel. I know a lot of people are trying to sell by chat. And I know a lot of, know a lot of people are doing it really badly, mainly because I, loads of people are trying to sell to me by chat and they're doing a terrible job at it. Um, so I just thought, you know, a bit of framework around that. And, um, you know, anyone that's a member of Launchpad, we've done so many sell-by-chat sessions. It's like really a fundamental piece of our, of our, of our sales process. 
Um, and, it, and it's not just for selling, it's actually for qualifying. Mm. We, we, we see it as an integral part of qualifying. Within like two or three questions, we know like decent fit, perfect fit or not a fit. Um, so yeah, but yeah, so I chat all about that, man. All right. So I always end my podcast by asking my guests a particular question and I usually give them a heads up before I ask it because it's a heavy question and I for totally forgot to give you a heads up. So I'm just going to ask it, which is, do you happen to have a personal mantra or a manifesto that you try to live your life by? Yeah. And actually, uh, I don't know. I think you've done a better job than you think you have, because I remember seeing this in one of the emails somewhere. So um, I have I have thought about this. The short answer to that question is no, I don't. But um, I was like, mm. okay, you're a first. You're the first guest I've ever had who has no mantra. <laughs> I definitely don't have like, I don't have anything like on my, like, I don't have, but here's, here's what I thought when I was thought of that. I was like, I think, I think that life is much shorter than we realize. And if you take that, so let's just take that as a given, right? Life's short. Yeah. That's a fundamental truth. So based on that, we should be living a bit differently. So I think we should be, I don't think we have time to be scared of things. I don't have, think we have time to hold back. I think really the only thing we can do based on the fact that life is short, try stuff, uh, you know, do it fast and don't be afraid to fail. And like, don't, don't just like think that things aren't for you. Like it's just take loads of massive action each day and um, yeah, watch the, watch the progress over the years. Love it. Love it. So Oliver, where can people get in touch with you? Where can they get the start selling by chat? Oh yeah, just go to my just go to my website. So uh, OliverDuffyLee.com. Um, and then it's the same, like at Oliver Duffy Lee on any any platform like Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. LinkedIn's my favorite. Uh, catch me on LinkedIn all day. Um, but yeah, just head to the website. Everything's there. Awesome. So Oliver Duffy Lee, agency owner, business coach. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Brand Design Masters podcast. I really appreciate your showing up. Yeah, thank you so much. This has been loads of fun. Thanks so much, Philip. All right, take care. If you'd like to help support the Brand Design Masters podcast, please rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also, if you want to stay up to date on all our content, products, courses, and live video shows, head over to philipvandusen.com muse and sign up for the Brand Muse newsletter. That's where we share all the latest news, resources, articles, books, and videos that we recommend to help you build and improve your creative practice, personal brand, and business. That's philipvandusen.com slash muse, M-U-S-E. Thanks again for listening. Bye for now.